Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. We're going to talk today about food policy and the many different ways it affects life in this country. We're going to start with the issue of farm subsidies, which are now back on the table as a way to offset President Donald Trump's tariffs and the effects on farmers. Then we're going to talk about a potential threat to the food benefits many people count on to be able to buy fresh food rather than processed or junk food right here in the city of Detroit. And we're going to finish today talking about how food insecurity relates to housing insecurity, which is the subject of our ongoing Detroit Today Summer Book Club discussions. All hour, of course, we want to hear from you as well. Talk to us about issues of food justice and food insecurity you see here in Metro Detroit. The number, as always, is 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think about food policy, food insecurity, food justice, and health here in Southeast Michigan. And we are going to start with President Donald Trump. This week, he announced $12 billion in emergency aid for farmers who are affected by his trade war with China. Tariffs are the greatest, the president tweeted, defending his decision to go tit for tat with China on taxing imports. Soybean farmers and other segments of agribusiness have been disproportionately hit by the trade dispute, and so Trump is throwing money at them to take some of the pressure off. The problem is many critics, including Republican lawmakers, have argued farmers don't want these subsidies or welfare. They want trade. They want free trade. They want to be able to sell their products to an expanding market without the threat of tariffs or other trade war moves interfering. Here to talk more about the idea of farm subsidies in response to tariffs is Jeffrey Dorfman. He's a professor of agricultural and applied economics at the University of Georgia and director of UGA's Land Use Studies Initiative. Jeffrey, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Steve. Glad to be with you. Yeah. Uh, normally, we we talk to you uh, to get your perspective from more of the right side of the economic uh, spectrum uh, about issues. But today, we are talking to you about your work in particular. You are, uh, as I said, a professor of agricultural and applied economics. This is your expertise. So I'm really eager to hear what you think of the idea of this $12 billion in subsidies for farmers. Is this the right thing to be doing to deal with the, 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 this trade standoff? Uh, I would say no, it's really not. As you put it well in the opening, what farmers really want to do is just get rid of the tariffs, stop interfering with trade, and let them find markets for their products. So they'd prefer to just do regular sales and not need extra government welfare. I suspect most farmers will be happy to get the $12 billion in aid if the tariffs are still there and they're their bottom line has been hurt by all these trade wars, but yeah. it, it's certainly their second or third best option. And and does this work? Uh, is this a sustainable way to go about this? I mean, there have been times at history that we've had subsidies for farmers. Uh, is this something that can support uh, economically, at least, the, the, the political position that the president has taken, which is that the way to deal with trade imbalances with uh, some of our partners, is to take a tougher stance? Is this one of the ways to sort of spell him the consequences of that for a certain amount of time? Possible. It, it could be a stopgap measure that works. Long term, I mean, we've never stopped subsidizing farmers. The, the federal government still spends 
most years between 20 and 30 billion dollars mm-hmm. in various sorts of farm subsidies. So 12 billion dollars is not a crazy number compared to the normal amounts. Congress might be okay with it in the long term, but more likely this is just a stopgap, try and help get through the 2018 elections and then help hope that he can do as he did with Europe yesterday and make some small trade deal and claim a giant victory. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm also curious what you think about this approach to the trade deficits that we have. The the president, I think, quite properly says that we have been unsuccessful in the past dealing with uh, trading partners who trade unfairly, uh, people who, uh, countries who indulge currency manipulation, countries who indulge all kinds of other uh, uh, tariffs and things on on our imports into their countries. Uh, Is he right to stand up this way and say, we've got to approach this in a different way to get a different result? And we don't know if he's right yet. We'll have to see if it works. But the basic problem is, if another country is treating you unfairly in trade, they're selling you lots of stuff cheap, but they're using tariffs or something else to not buy your product. Mm -hmm. In order to punish them, as the president has been doing, you have to hurt your own consumers. It's American consumers who lose because that's who's getting taxed. Mm -hmm. That's who's having to pay the higher price. Now, in the long run, it could be worth punishing ourselves to all end up with a better deal. But we won't know till we see the deals and get to that sort of long-run situation. This could be a successful strategy, and it could be a giant disaster. So, so is it worth the risk in your estimation? Probably not. The, the interesting thing about trade is that while free trade is good and more trade is generally good, the gains from trade are much smaller than what most people think. And so we're talking about a potential to add maybe 1% or less to the size of the American economy if we could really open up sort of all the remaining overseas markets for exports. So the gains are small, and the disrupting the world trade system like this can, can be very costly in the short run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska says, this is picking winners and losers, and that other industries like commercial fishing, which is something that's really important in, in her home state, haven't seen the same kind of bailout, uh, though they are also affected uh, by the trade war. What do, you, what do you think of this approach to the subsidies, uh, uh, corn and soy, and not other industries? It is definitely picking winners and losers. I would say forget the Alaska fisheries example. We're in Detroit on the radio right now. Mm -hmm. The car industry has been hit hard by the tariffs on steel imports. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen President Trump offering the car companies or auto workers any bailout for the damage he's done to them. In order to save a few thousand jobs in the U.S. steel producing industry, we're costing ourselves potentially tens of thousands of jobs in steel-using industries. And and uh, what's the reason you think for that uh, that dichotomy? In other words, why help uh, why help farmers and not auto companies? It's all politics. 
the, who gets helped in these things is is all politics. So President Trump wants to protect his base in a bunch of red states, mm-hmm. places with important Senate elections, and he doesn't appear to care as much about auto workers and people in lots of other industries that use steel or other things that have been disrupted by the tariffs. I mean, there's there's lots of industries that are in pain because of what's going on and how we're going to pick and choose which ones we're going to help compensate is entirely arbitrary and political. Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Jeffrey Dorfman. He's a professor of agricultural and applied economics at the University of Georgia and director of UGA's Land Use Studies Initiative. We're talking about the announced $12 billion in subsidies for farmers in this country to help offset the effects on them of the tariffs that President Donald Trump is pursuing against countries like China. Uh, Hard hit, uh, the farmers have been uh, as a result of those tariffs. Uh, There are a lot of other industries that are also taking pretty big hits as a result of those tariffs. But the president says he wants to make sure that these farmers get through this period while he tries to use these tariffs and uh, other moves to negotiate better deals, better trade deals with our partners. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. We're talking all day today about food policy uh, and how it affects food, the way we get food, how much we pay for food, access to food, uh, how uh, poor people in particular uh, are able to get food. We're going to talk about that a little later in the program. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, uh, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Do you think farm subsidies are the way to deal with these tariffs, or do you think we ought to be thinking about the tariffs themselves and uh, reconsidering whether a better way might be had to uh, renegotiate those deals. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Brad on Twitter says, let's call it what it is. The products targeted by Chinese tariffs are produced in red Trump Electoral College states. POTUS is not providing a bailout. He's buying ballots. Uh, Jeffrey Dorfman, that uh, reflects a little of your insight there to what is going on as well. Uh, some some lawmakers say that this is the kind of trade policy and back and forth uh, that preceded the Great Depression in, in 1929. And of course, the, the Smoot-Hawley tariffs uh, are, are the, 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 I guess, the reference point that uh, most of us can remember from high school history classes uh, as as one of the things that sunk the U.S. economy deeper into recession, um, uh, do you feel like we're headed down that kind of road now? Is that is that a possibility if the president doesn't get what he wants and doesn't back off? I don't think that's a possibility. Certainly, we're not going down a great road, and we prefer not to have these tariffs. But we're still talking about tariffs that are much lower than Smoot-Hawley tariffs and on a much smaller percentage of goods. Mm -hmm. Plus, I'm going to trust, since technically, according to the Constitution, it's Congress that's supposed to be doing this. Yes. They have given the president the power that they could take it back. Before we got anywhere near Smoot-Hawley levels, I assume Congress would take back the right to set tariffs and, and stop this. 
um, it's a, that sort of raises an interesting question about why they have been willing so far to cede that power to this president, um, given the, the the radical change in, in approach. Is it your um, understanding that maybe Congress doesn't think this is such a bad uh, a bad departure, a, a, a bad experiment, I guess, in in terms of trying to to move the needle on trade? So it's an interesting question. I mean, a lot of Republican members of Congress have spoken out against the tariffs in, in the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is one of those funny issues where actually a bunch of Democrat members of Congress side with President Trump and think we do need more tariffs and to take a tougher line on trade. So, so this is an issue where the politics do not really line up with our normal Democrat versus Republican battle line. Right, right. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Lucy in Detroit. Lucy, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on um, how Americans, I think in particular, don't really understand what the real cost of food is unless you're kind of growing it yourself. And mm-hmm. we've had so many years now of industrialized agriculture, cheap migrant labor, and um, farm subsidies, like your guest mentioned, that have basically driven down the cost of food. And it you expect it to be really low, but it's actually like incredibly hard work mm-hmm. if you're, you know, especially if you're not growing like wheat, corn, or soy, and you know you have a huge tractor and a combine. Sure. Um, and you know, I mean, we. We've eaten cheap fast food, and it's like we're all completely unhealthy because of that, and we spray poison on all the other foods. So it's like we just we just have, like, spiraled so far away from that. And now, like, the cheapest food available in, you know, places like cities like Detroit is what people come to expect. So it's like when you try to sell, I think as, you know, consumers, we just expect it to be cheap. Hmm. And hmm. When good food isn't, it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, that's just like class warfare. And, and you know, it shouldn't be like that. We, you know, huh. I mean, the, the root of our system is so broken huh. in so many ways. Well, Lucy, so that's, it's, a, that's a really interesting perspective to sort of uh, call and, and interject into the conversation here, uh, this idea of how much food costs and how much we are aware of how much those costs are. Jeffrey Dorfman, how do you figure that uh, plays into this this larger conversation about um, subsidies for farmers, uh, tariffs on on imports, uh, trade. Of course, it's one of the things that does drive the cost of food. Sure, and Americans are blessed. We have the lowest um, food costs in the world in terms of the percent of our incomes that we spend on food. We're down to only about ten percent of our income is spent on food. We owe that to the productivity of American farmers who work really hard and do a fantastic job of producing all that food. Mm-hmm. Uh, farm subsidies from the government do help a little bit to keep food prices down. I, I, I don't think we need to worry about chemicals and things sprayed on our food. We also have the safest food supply in, in the world. Funnily enough, all these tariffs are going to make food prices in the U.S. even lower I know you're going to be talking about food security later in the hour, but Mm -hmm. because we're not going to be able to export as much, we're going to have to sell it here. And that means American consumers are going to get a little bit of a price break on their food. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, how do you see this? Uh, I'm going to ask you, I guess, to, to make a little bit of a prediction. How do you see this? This ending. Do you think that uh, we we continue to sort of change the nature of of trade as we have known it for for some time, uh, and that these tariffs stay in place, and we have to figure out ways to help uh, ameliorate the effects on on American businesses and consumers, or do you think that this reaches a breaking point pretty quickly, and we go back to uh, either the world we knew before, or maybe a better uh, a better situation where we're not at such a disadvantage with our trading partners. So I, I see it ending with deals that make our trading situation slightly better. Mm-hmm. I think we will get some concessions from our trading partners to make trade fairer. I think the Trump administration will claim these are huge victories um, and and end the trade wars. So I think we'll get a small victory that will be called a huge victory, and we'll move forward. Huh. Uh, and and do you think that the the price that American businesses and uh, and consumers will pay will be worth those gains? Have to wait and see the deals. Yeah, they might. They might not. I don't think it's going to be a big gain or a big loss. I think it's going to be pretty small in one direction or the other. Okay. All right. Jeffrey Dorfman, professor of agricultural and applied economics at the University of Georgia, director of UGA's Land Use Studies Initiative. It's always great to hear from you here on Detroit Today. I always enjoy being with you. Up next, food stamps have typically been accepted at farm markets, but that could be changing a little under a new USDA contract. We're going to talk about it next. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out on the program. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, uh, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. Also remember, Monday, July 30th at uh, the Dorothy Bush branch uh, of the Warren Public Library, we're going to continue our Detroit Today Summer Book Club discussions. We're going to talk about court-ordered evictions, which are very, very prevalent in the city of Warren. Come out for that or go to WDET.org and find out about the other events and programming that we have scheduled around our Detroit Today Summer Book Club. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 